0: Dr. Amalia Gonias Malka, welcome to Womanity Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socio economic class division, and gender based violence. Joining us in our Johannesburg studio today is multi award winning actress Ilsa Klink. When I look at your bio, I don't think the term actress adequately describes the array of different things that you do, and, and captured you as this fantastic performer.
1: Ah, thank you very much. What a what a what a compliment. Yes. Um, um, look, I think that as a performer, you know, that's what you are, performer, not actor. Do you know what I mean? So that encompasses many things. I think that. It besides the fact that you're you're on stage or you're in front of a tele, uh, camera, it also you also have to run your own business. So you're a business person. You know you've got an agent, but you're also a business. So you have to negotiate your salaries and your your fees and that kind of thing. You have to uh, kind of do your taxes. You know you have to understand where you are as a as a product or as a. Um, You've got to understand your worth and and, and where you're at in your life as well and what you are willing to compromise on and what you're not. Mm -hmm. So it's like business negotiation. So it's quite encompassing, I would say.
0: You're a brand. You're almost a human commodity and having to find the the work and being able to, as you say, pay the tax man and fill in all the the legislation uh, compliance components. Absolutely. (laughs) You've had this extensive acting career, traversing film, TV, theater. (laughs) Some of your film credits include The Last Doorman, Cold Harbor, Strum Op, and you've acted in household television soapies like Issy Dingo, Seven Dilan, and your theater roles have included the likes of Chicago, Mamma Mia, Pinocchio, Scorched Earth, and many, many more. Having walked through this journey, can you tell us about some of the key landmarks in your career?
1: Well, um, you know, I, I've been in the industry for about 26 years. So landmarks, <laughs> there were so many. But I, I think that, um, you know, I, the, the roles that touched on women's issues, I think, were the strongest ones that stood out for me. You know, um, especially in the last couple of years, I think that as you mature as a performer, um, there are particular roles that that kind of find you where you're at. Do you know what I mean? Your strength, mm. your 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 um your gravitas as a female performer. And one of the roles I think that um, that was quite, quite prominent in my life was uh, Something I did for UJ the University of Johannesburg in 2016. It was a a theater piece called Scorched, um, which was absolutely phenomenal because it dealt with a woman's life, a Muslim woman. um, You know, it wasn't really, we knew that she was Muslim and it did take place um, in the Middle East, you know. And then what the journey of this particular woman and, so we play the character from when she was a a young girl she falls in love she becomes pregnant a young Muslim girl becomes pregnant unmarried yeah exactly and a child gets taken away from her and she spends her life looking for this child and eventually the child was adopted by some family and she meets her son who she'd been looking for for but he's a torturer you're giving me goosebumps he's a torturer and he tortures did he know he didn't know. He didn't know. he was the most vile person, and he was born out of absolute pure, youthful, beautiful love. you know, and he became, he was a monster, you know, and in the end we find that he had sexually violated her while she was in prison in prison. And this is something that I mean that's the big reveal at the end of the show. But I mean, the trauma that this woman went through, you know, and it speaks of loss and, female trauma and being uneducated, an uneducated woman, having to run away from home, having your child taken. So it deals with so, so many issues, you know, and gender issues and inequality. And I think for me to be able to have played that role was quite a remarkable feat. You know what I mean? It, It really, she was... She was an extraordinary woman who was able to over, not overcome. I don't think you overcome these things. I think you live with it and you try and live your life having had these experiences and you try to move forward positively.
0: And so, personally, how do you deal with these issues? Because those issues yeah. almost become your issues because you, you're stepping into her character.
1: Absolutely. You know, we are always told that your body, your body and your psyche and your... Your subconscious doesn't know that you are now acting because you have to go, you have to go into another level of your of of your being to be able to project these feelings or to, to, you know, carry them across onto stage and project to the audience. So um, your body doesn't know that this is not you. So your body feels those feelings and your mind takes over and the words that you're saying, you have to embody them to be able to project them to the audience. And yes, I mean, I've, <laughs> I had a friend who's a psychologist and he said, did you guys all go for a debriefing after the show? Because you would have had to because, you know, it had such a profound effect on everybody in the show, every single actor was affected by the trauma of this particular character and their own trauma that they carried within the show. So it's difficult and it takes a while to shed the coat of Mm. the character that you've played. And a lot of people don't take it seriously. You know, they think, why am I so upset? Why am I so angry? They have the psychological effects after effects of playing a role and they don't realize it. Especially when you're young, you know. But when you're older, you realize how, what, what an effect it's had on you. You're in a bad mood, or you're sad all the time, or you, you know, there's an emptiness or, or, or an uneasiness within you. And you don't realize it's from this role that you were carrying for, what, three months? This no. person. Because you're, you're taking your on this
0: identity. Absolutely. And then you have an identity crisis when, as you say, you're shedding that skin yeah. and becoming you again. Absolutely. So my next question was going to be about most memorable characters, but clearly she was was. one of the most memorable. In 2019, so earlier this year, Mm -hmm. there was a run of Chicago. And as we were chatting offline, 900 people were competing to become part of this cast. That's an incredible number. And when I look at that, I, I, I see this as um, a, a couple of things from the competitiveness of the industry, um, but also from your point of view, you played Mama Morton, who was a character that you'd played 10 years earlier. And I'm curious to know did you play her the same? Did you play her 10 years older? Who was she 10 years later?
1: It was very interesting. So um, the first time we did it was in 2005, and that's when we competed with 900. 900 performers came out to get a piece of the action, which is Chicago, you know, just the first. Um, it was the first South African production of an international show. So we had the choreographer, the musical director and the director come out. To work with us so the americans had come from because it's obviously it's based in 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 the united states so a group of people came out to direct us and musical directors and choreograph us and um it was really because it's such an outstanding show and it's had such a such a successful run on broadway i mean it was the longest running show on broadway at one time that I think that's because it's iconic, everybody wanted to come out and and, and just be a part of it and have it on your C V really and have the experience of Chicago. It was phenomenal. I I played her you know, when I was thirty five, I think thirty yeah, thirty five. Oh no, thirty four, (laughs) sorry. So obviously, you know, thirteen years down the line, you're a completely different person. Hmm. You've grown. Um, You understand the character better. So, yes, there was quite an evolution. You know, when I first started out playing the role, I was very insecure. And as many actors are, you know, you you always feel like you could have done more.
0: (laughs) But the challenge is with something like Chicago. It's not I'm doing the play down the road and it's local director. This is a big production with a, a consistency and quality that you've got to maintain those standards.
1: Absolutely. And they will have very high standards to, you know, attain within the production. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that from a 34 year old to a 47 year old um, playing the role, it's just it's such a vast difference. It was so much easier to do it now because um, I was a lot more comfortable in the role and I wanted to play a lot more. You could play. And the, uh, the internationals also gave you the platform to play. They said, okay, so now you're going to do Mama Morty, Morton completely differently. Forget about how you've done her before. Because they wanted to remain fresh for you as a performer. So it was just a phenomenal experience.
0: How do you keep that freshness when you're doing plays? Because you're repeating yourself. But for the audience, it's the first time they've seen the performance. So how do you keep that spark going
1: yeah so i think that remaining present in the moment is always very important you know it's like when when you're doing life (laughs) you've got to remain present in the moment and react accordingly regardless of the fact that you're saying the same lines you're not necessarily feeling exactly the same emotions Mm. so you bring yourself as a human being you know, whether you've had a bad day or a wonderful day, that's all part of who you are. And it becomes that character that night, you know, um, in, a, in a very subtle way. I'm not saying you don't change your character up every night, you know, but you have to keep it fresh for yourself. Because, I mean, in South Africa, we're quite lucky in that we do runs of productions that don't last longer than five months or six months. Overseas, they do it for 17 years, the same role for 17 years on Broadway. You know, I wow. think that is really hard that puts hard it to in do. perspective. Yeah. So you get, I mean, you get all of the benefits. You get pension funds and, and medical aid and whatever, medical insurance or, you know, all of those things. Um, as part of your job, you get um, holiday leave, you get sick leave, you get all of those it's things. It's a nine it's, to five. Absolutely, it's a nine to five. Um, and, and in South Africa, we don't have that luxury, you know. But I also wouldn't want that for myself. I like being a performer because everything changes every day. You never know we we three weeks from now. I could be sitting in Mauritius doing a movie.
0: But in that dynamic, that that unpredictability, you've still got the reality of, of paying rent, putting food onto the table. So, you know, having this great you know view of not knowing what's coming next, but you still have to maintain that the predictability factor. Yeah. How did you come to terms with? this positioning.
1: Yeah. um, Look, I mean, I'm just challenging in the beginning of your career, you know. um, And all your... At the time, also, when I started my career, I had my daughter um, just after I finished my degree... At Pretoria University. And <laughs> so, I was, so I was a mom of, young mom of 21, and I was trying to get my career started. And there were many options. But then I found out I was preg- pregnant, and I was told that, okay, so we well, can't really use a pregnant woman in, our, in the vision of what we had planned. And, the, and in the old days, they ha- used to have the arts councils. So I had two arts councils that were looking at employing me. And unfortunately, I had to turn those permanent jobs down at the beginning of my career, you know, because it wasn't going to fit in. A pregnant 21-year-old wasn't going to fit in with a program that they had set out. And I could completely understand that. And then a year after I'd given birth to my daughter, oh, six months after I'd given birth to my daughter, I got a phone call from the arts council. One of the other arts councils had said, listen, do you want to come and work with us for a year? And I said, yay. And I was at the at um, the, um at the Arts Council in the Orange Free State. It was called pack at the time. And um, I worked there for two years, and that's how I started my career. And then I went freelancing. Then I did television, and it was just wonderful. And there are months where you don't have money or you don't have work, but you've got to start saving. You've got to learn how to save as a performer from the, from the beginning, yeah.
0: And that's a challenge. I hate reading in the press mm. when you, you see these fantastic older characters who either they've become destitute in some form or another and you you wonder how could they possibly have come to these sort of circumstances or they've passed away and in, poverty. They, in dirt poverty yeah
1: i mean that that uh, that's always been a huge driving force for how i have done things financially do you know what I mean? I've. It is very sad because they're people that have you know changed the face of the country, whether they were drummers or guitarists for the Who's Who, mm. that you know the front man for Hugh Masakela. You know nobody remembers them, and they didn't get enough royalties. They weren't. You know it's not. F- I think the industry, while trying to formalize itself, is still not where it should be we're not protected we don't have a pension plan we have
0: none of that protection but listening to you talking about the scenario of, of being in the states of yeah. medical aid yeah. pension plan time off yes,
1: vacation it's it is ideal it is absolutely ideal but why can't we have something like that as a performer why isn't there uh, you know
0: uh, um, like a pay-as-you-go a, model in a way
1: yeah yeah where you can pay for your for your pension fund you can make a small contribution and that money grows but it's an essential part of you know when you get your salary as we pay tax hmm. we should also have some sort of formalized um, pension plan that we we attribute to you know um, we attribute to contribute Cont- <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> thank you We have my words <laughs> There should be some sort of formal system that you contribute to that ends up being part of your pension. Um, I, I, I've i made some financial decisions early. I made some really good financial decisions early on in my life because I had my daughter also. If you don't have responsibilities, you're not necessarily going to follow that yep,
0: You're thinking in a different Absolutely. lens.
1: But I was thinking of her and I made some... And we'll see whether it's all worked out at the end, mm. you know what I mean? But it is really hard for actors who don't or performers in, in this country who have nothing to fall back on. There's nothing mm-hmm. that's formalized for us.
0: And you as an individual have really honed your craft. You sing, you dance, you're bilingual. Um, I heard that you swim, which came in handy in <laughs> I believe your, your most recent role with the Strom Strumob, Strumob character yeah. uh, where you won a, a Best Supporting Actress award. Do you think that... All of these skills contribute to your diversity and longevity in the industry.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I know that. I mean, for a lot of, for a long time, I um, um, I mean, I see myself as an English performer, but I can also perform in Afrikaans. I can sing. I can. I can do a little bit of dancing. I'm not a dancer. I wouldn't sell myself as that. But you know, um, I I think that diversity absolutely has been part of being able to stay in this industry for as long as I have and having children in the industry and deciding to carry on having a career throughout, you know, and because I'm also a single parent, I've chosen not to marry, um, you know, and not to have any kind of formal partnership. And, uh, you know, there's just something that there's just another layer where you have to make all of those decisions and you have to make good decisions. And I would say diversity, absolutely. And also, I mean, beyond that, I'm not a writer and I'm not a director, but if you can do all of those Yet. things, you must. <laughs> Yet. You must. You, you have to remain diverse throughout this, you know, profession because it, 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 it gives you insight into so many worlds because, it is so, because it's quite a diverse world that, that, that the performing arts is.
0: Yeah. and it keeps your options open.
1: Absolutely, you know, and and also some people would ask, do you like theatre more or television? How can you ask a performer that? <laughs> it's the hardest question. Do you know when I'm sometimes when I'm doing a theatre piece, I'm longing for to be on television, or when I'm on television, I was like, oh, I haven't sung in a year. I need to do a musical now. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's I love the industry because it really has been it's been it's been a passion an absolute you've got to love it mm. you've got to love it to stick around you know <laughs> you really do
0: when we were talking earlier you were speaking about the, the the types of roles that appeal to you and almost as though the the setup that your frame of mind is in that attracts the energy of a particular role or looking at the way that our, our world is is currently moving in and and navigating Media, when it comes out, whether it's TV, whether it's uh, a production, it's got such a long lifespan mm-hmm. that it becomes part of culture. Uh, and you know, I think like twenty years on, you you still remember a movie, or it it still seems as fresh. Yeah. So it doesn't really have an expiry date. No. And with that, it's it's got cultural representation. It's got social influence. And then I start looking at respect with uh, with respect to women across Africa, that women are being portrayed appropriately in these types of productions because otherwise, you know, it comes into the home and people get a, a different view of, of what women should be or, or what these these characters are. And I wondered when you were taking on your roles, if that also plays into your conscious.
1: Of course it does. Um, the choices that I make these days about the roles that I Um, I think that when you're younger, when you're starting out, you just want to work. So you'll do anything. You don't necessarily give a voice to what it is that you really believe. Do you know what I mean? So the manner in which a particular character has been written, like when I started out in Issy Dingo, um, the character that I played was a battered wife. Do you know what I mean? She was physically abused, you know, and I mean, we had some horrific scenes on television of of the the character of Vanessa Boyson's being abused. It's on television at the moment on um, encore Africa, you know, so it's still there. And what was interesting is that it gave a voice to women that were that were, I'd got a lot of letters and correspondence from women who were being physically abused. And the strength that the character showed trying to leave this particular relationship was, I mean, it was very important for a lot of women across South Africa. However, everybody's circumstances are different. They really are. It's easy for me to say, to write a letter back and say, I'm so glad that you left your husband, you know, with your three kids and that you're unemployed. You know what I mean? And
0: don't have a house.
1: You you don't have anything. So, um, of course, you know, we we dealt with that abuse, and I think it's important also for people to see the manner in which things were done. When we look at old movies, I mean, from the fifties or from the sixties, you go, "How in heaven's name did women survive when all they had to do was was cook and clean and and look beautiful?" You know what I mean? I mean that's the American ideal. Mm. It's not it's not a South African or an African. No, but that's
0: the view you know, when, when but you but look at old nineteen fifties ads. Yeah, exactly. That's who you see. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's very sexist. It's very you know the women are just non-existent you know they just they don't have a voice at all and so and so now where I'm at are the particular roles that I've turned down because I said I do not want to represent black women in a particular manner I don't want to go for the stereotype even though that is what you want as producers because it just shows that you know where you're at in your head about what a colored woman is who it, she is these days, But it you
0: perpetuates know? stereotypes. Exactly, because if exactly. you continue to see it, and that's what I'm talking about, this cultural representation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's how the world is. Yeah. No, it's not.
1: It's t- it's too easy. It's too easy. Let's challenge people. Let's challenge the audience and say this is not necessarily what 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 black women are. They are not stereotypical. Let's you know. So so I try and break out of that. Um, out of that box particularly at the stage of my career and sometimes I don't work as a result and that's fine because I'm not going to do it anymore I did I did some of it when I was younger but I'm not going to do it anymore
0: you've kind of paid your dues yeah and now you're in a position where you've got the opportunity to choose yeah Mm You are listening to Womanity Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective, on frequency nine six two five kilohertz on the thirty-one meter band, also available on DSTV Channel 802. Today we're talking to award-winning multi-talented South African performer Ilsa Klink. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at WomanityTalk. So we've chatted through some of the roles that you've you've played and the impact that they they have on on society on on talking about women's issues in particular. Now I'd like to look at another lens in in your life, and this is about almost the business of the industry on some of the issues that women are still contending with, whether it's from a a pay disparity point of view, uh, opportunities to work, um, the amount of exposure that they get, So if you could share some of your experiences,
1: you know what's interesting about what's happened on the social media platform. Let me speak on that first, and then I'll go into the others. You know, what I've seen, and and it it really is deeply unfortunate, is that um, do you, when we go for an audition, from time to time we've are we being asked how many followers we have. Now I understand what that means in terms of, you know, and. Um, The more followers you have, obviously, the more popular you are, the more viable it is to hire you instead of somebody who's a really fantastic performer but has 300 followers as opposed to 30,000. So
0: you're having to do the marketing of the productions as well? That is correct. How many
1: followers on Facebook? How many followers on Twitter? I was shocked when I saw this. And what's happened as a result, now this this is the downside of it, is that young women... now starting to wear less clothes and uh, on their Instagram accounts and pose in a very sexual manner to get people on board with who they are because this is what they're competing with young women are competing with each other on how beautiful and how many followers they have to be able to get a job and this is especially true for young black women it is shocking I have worked with in in the last couple of years I've worked with young women who have said that I don't I, I don't have I don't even have a, an Instagram account you know and what it essentially means is that she's not necessarily going to be the first choice even though she's a, a fantastic performer she might not get that role because she doesn't have enough followers Now that is absolutely unacceptable because what about the people and you know I do believe that it's important to have some sort of um, education in terms of if you're going to be a performer, you should be a performer. It's not just, a, you know, I'm going to be an actress and then you don't read a book on acting. You don't take a class on acting. You have no knowledge of acting, but that's what you want to be. So then you just want to be popular, actually. You don't want to be a performer. So I think it's important to get some sort of, um, you know, um, Training, mm. some sort of training. And so uh, so somebody who's popular as opposed to somebody who has training, now what are we sitting with? We're sitting with a huge dilemma of people who actually have the skill and somebody who has the followers. It's, it's competence. It, yes, exactly, exactly. And this is part of the competition that young women are now being a part of. The other thing that's, that also, you know, really, really disturbs me terribly is the fact that in this day and age, we still have... Gender salaries, you know, in the performing arts. We have gender salaries. How big is the gap? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, it's something that you negotiate and what, and what people can turn around and say, well, you didn't negotiate hard enough. But I know for a fact that somebody in my age group, somebody who I'm a single mom, so I actually need a little bit more money than, you know what I mean, a, a single man needs do you know what I mean? And I and and I'm telling you now that I don't earn what a male, a white male earns in this country. Still, I'm telling you that now as a fact. Uh, do you know what I mean? So uh, for me, that is, and I always say to my agent, I will I will take the role, but I I want to I don't want to be paid less than a white male. I say that. Do you know what I mean? And it, it might sound like, oh, you know, what does that mean? But it really is still a case of dominance by males in salaries and it shouldn't be it absolutely should never be
0: well you're coming to see a production yeah as, a, as an audience yeah. you're paying your 50 rand or whatever the, the yeah. case is for the yeah. movie ticket yeah. and that's that's where the money is not yeah. in terms of yeah you know, how you, you as a, how you as an individual versus negotiation and I think it is uh, the Institute of race relations they estimate that on average women are paid 23% less in South Africa than male counterparts there we go so unfortunately it's, it's not isolated it's to not your industry isolated.
1: it's not isolated but it's, it 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 it's disturbing because uh,
0: there's no you know, logic
1: there's absolutely no logic because d- am i not a product am i not something that i'm not i'm bringing 26 years of experience to your production i'm professional I'll be there on time, I'll know my words, I'll do everything that you need. And to. you swim. And <laughs> when I need to. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big and also then the discrimination, the sexual discrimination and the
0: sexual Is it still so rife?
1: You know, I've experienced it. It's unfortunate that it was somebody that was quite that is quite prominent in 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 the country. I was told that this person was a writer, producer and and an actor. On a particular production that I did and uh, a particular role was written. I was told this role is going to be written so that the two of us would be lovers. I I didn't know what it was. So the actor slash writer slash producer. So my employer. Set it up. Set it up. And he told me in so many words. And I I was I, I didn't know what to do with that information. What do you do? Where do you go? And this was in 2010-ish. I, I, I was flabbergasted and I didn't know that, because I, I think a lot of women have this reaction. What was that? What am I supposed to do with that? Implement? It makes me feel uncomfortable, but what do I do with that? You know, and it happens to everyone. It's happened to everybody that I know in the industry. Every single woman in the industry has had some form of harassment. You know, and it's it's shocking. And I'm telling you now, it's still going on. It hasn't stopped. I mean, I know that one of the companies asked us to sign a clause that says that we will not sexually arrest. You know what I mean? And that there will be proper conduct on a set. And and that's wonderful. It's wonderful. I signed it. That's wonderful. And and I thought it was a very progressive step. However. um, It's on paper.
0: That's it. Implementation versus um, reality is different. And I I think that there's still this whole education component that needs to take place. Mm. And it's not with women. It's with men. Yeah, I agree. We are running out of time, unfortunately. (laughs) But one of the questions I ask all my guests who have made tremendous achievements in their respective fields of industry is about some of the factors that they consider have driven their success.
1: Mm. Well, I would say, I mean, in this particular industry, diversity, I think, is for me has been the most important element, you know, Uh, being easy to work with, being professional, you don't know something go and read about it learn about it and never be afraid to learn also for me a, a huge thing is, is about having an ego in this industry you know <laughs> it's one thing to be popular today and then you know to lose all of that the next day so be kind to everyone be kind to everyone because you're not going to be at the top forever you're gonna you're gonna go through ebbs and flows and and it's the your highs and lows and accept that and just be be professional because at the end of the day all you have is your name
0: that's what you've got so you need your you may need to maintain your integrity absolutely at all at all times absolutely tell us about some of the pivotal moments in your life growing up
1: well I mean I'm <laughs> I think very importantly. I think as just to just to have something that's that's always catapulted me into the way I view the world is positivity that my dad installed in us when we were kids. You know, so instead of a bedtime a, a prayer, we used to say, um, "Whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve."
0: What a wonderful affirmation!
1: Yeah, and there's a there's no such word as can't and the and you know so so i can because i believe i can so those are the words that always rang in our ears as children you know so i think that to have parents that are that are always positive about what you're doing and to allow your children to just do what they love they've got to be passionate about what they do i think that's so so important and there's too much emphasis being put on overachieving children when you know that they're not going to be sitting in the office. You know that they're going to be artists and you're trying to suppress that. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> but that's so, very, yeah. you know, different dynamic. I remember when there was a, a skit with, with Trevor Noah and he was talking about, I think, getting his, his role in the States. But he was saying when he was talking to his, his grandmother and saying, you know, I've, I've got a job. And she was like, but does it have a desk? <laughs> Because if it doesn't have a desk, it's not a job.
1: job. Yeah, it's not a job. (laughs) If you love your children, don't let them do what they need to do. (laughs) So so that's what we had. But I think that, um, you know, studying at the University of Pretoria was also a huge... a huge mm-hmm. learning curve for me because and I was.
0: Tell you know, us about that experience. Yeah.
1: So, so I was. So I'm an English speaking person who was at the Pretoria University studying in Afrikaans on tertiary level. I, 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 it was, it was, it was so very hard, you know, um, because I thought I had a command of the language, but I didn't really. I did the best that I could. I mean, on academia, I just passed, but in, 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 in. Um, Sorry, the theory is something that I just passed, but the practical, I always did really well. And it was hard to be a pioneer because I was the only black person in an all white Afrikaans environment. It was very hard, <laughs> but I got through it and it made me stronger. And I think that um, I was there to teach everybody around me about being black. And I think I did. Uh, you know, sometimes you are the lesson and you learn, but sometimes you're the lesson. <laughs>
0: That's a very interesting way of uh, perspective of, of having on, you know, sometimes you are the lesson yeah. and you're not just there from, from learning. The message for me is, is taking out here is, is go and get your studies, go and get your development.
1: Absolutely. I, I do believe that, you know, if you are somebody who wants to come into the industry without any training, that's OK. There's nothing wrong with that. But then go and take a class. Learn what stage right and stage left is. Do you know what I mean? Because those are the basics. So if you're really interested in this as a craft, because it is a craft, it's not, um, you know, it's not let's go and play on the stage or let's go and play in front of the television, um, in front of the camera, sorry. Um, Read a book, Mm -hmm. pick up a book. There's an entire world on the Internet that will teach you a lot of things, YouTube videos, you know, there's something you don't know, go and find out. It is important to get training. I always say to, I want my kids on TV. And I said, you know what? Wait for them to grow up. There's enough time for them to be on television. But get them some training as well. And I know that it's not always affordable for everyone. That's always a major hassle. But there are programs where um, I know that there's the Market Theatre Lab. That, I mean, there is a fee involved. But I do believe that they give, you know, go to free courses. Go and learn something. Watch videos. Watch movies. Watch people perform. And learn, keep learning. And don't think, you know, don't let your ego get in the way of what this job really is. It's also just a job. <laughs> you know, it's a job we're passionate about, but it's a job. Be professional and, and, and work hard.
0: Yeah, no, I think those, that's what we do. <laughs> those are all attributes which are applicable across any industry whatsoever. Yeah. And lastly, as we close out our conversation today could you share a few words of inspiration or wisdom to young ladies listening to us on the continent
1: yeah I think that um, I think that you've got to love what you do that for me has always been something I'm passionate about you've got to be passionate about what you do if you're going to spend your time doing something I think the opportunities will present themselves you know and also things are things do get hard in the performing arts when you're not working persevere be diverse and just go for it. And don't let you know, some people will say, Oh, you're terrible at this. You can't do it. Sometimes you can you can you can hone your craft, you can learn. You can learn to be good. Um, you know, don't don't let people tell you that you can't do it, especially if you if you live in circum dire circumstances where poverty is, is prevalent or opportunities are scarce, you know what I mean? Go and find those opportunities. Make make a difference in your community. If you want to put on a play, Get volunteers and just do it, you know, um, to start off with and then find your way because there is something will present itself at will.
0: <laughs> but this speaks to that whole mindset of positivity. positivity.
1: Absolutely. You've got to be positive and manifest what you want. That's what I do all the time. I do it all the time. And it, it does. It does. Miraculously, It does.
0: Really. So where there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been wonderful to hear your insights into the industry and some of the revelations, which are are not so pleasant. But arguably, by having that awareness, it, it makes people more conscious about things.
1: Thank you so much. It was wonderful to be here.
0: You have been listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to award-winning, multi-talented South African performer Ilse Klink.